Ladies and gentlemen, this is the PowerShell Podcast. I can dig it. Your home for PowerShell and the PowerShell community. The PowerShell Podcast is a PDQ production, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick. And now, here's your host, Andrew Plaw. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the PowerShell Podcast. On this episode of the PowerShell Podcast, we are going to speak with Sean Wheeler from the Microsoft Docs team. And we have a pretty full slate. We're going to be talking about getting started learning PowerShell and what sort of, for our audience members who are just getting started, what resources should you be looking for? How can you sort of start getting the process going? Definitely want to support you in that journey. Next, we're going to cover the steps in a PowerShell journey and mapping out what that can look like for you. I know it's different for everybody, but sort of giving you a little bit of a, a roadmap of what your journey can look like and some things to look for along that path. We'll also be talking a little bit about Git and GitHub. More to come on that. Actually, a lot more to come on that. And maybe if we have time at the end, we're going to touch on some scopes and some splatting. And if you're not splatting, you're missing out. Thanks to everybody who reached out on the last episode um, with some kind words about me sharing my PowerShell journey. Uh, really appreciate it. If you have any feedback, PowerShell at pdq.com, or you could join the PowerShell scripting channel of the PDQ Discord, discord.gg slash PDQ. Episode feedback, we talk about stuff, PowerShell, all kinds of good stuff in there. So appreciate everyone who's joined. I've made a bunch of new friends from that. So I always love it when viewers reach out or listeners because basically just like a new friend and it helps me really better understand the audience of the podcast and you know i feel like i'm talking to my friends now that i sort of know a bunch of the listeners and makes my job easier so i appreciate it everybody who's reached out one cool thing that i've done is i've started hosting internal powershell meetups um, where i work at pdq that's been super fun i recommend if you are like a powershell advocate where you work that you start running some internal meetups. It just provides an opportunity for people in different departments to share what they're working on, collaborate. Today, they went on like a little deep dive in VS Code debugging because somebody was running some scripts and didn't really know how to debug. They were using like write host a lot. Um, so that was a pretty insightful opportunity for people to share. And all it takes is 30 minutes once every two weeks. Um, so I've really enjoyed those. Another cool thing worth highlighting from that was VS Code.dev. It's like, in browser VS Code, really cool. There's also a feature we've talked about before, GitHub Code Spaces. If you're ever on a GitHub repository and you're signed into GitHub, I think you get like 60 hours for free a month of GitHub Code Spaces. So you just press period, just the dot, the little boop on the keyboard, you just press it while you're on a repository and it opens up. And it's super cool. Definitely check it out. I love cool things like that. Another extension related to debugging is the inline values support for PowerShell. That in, enables inline values for variables when debugging PowerShell scripts. Um, super helpful to sort of show you the values of your variables as you're composing your scripts. Huge nod out to Jeff Hicks for this one because we have our Jeff Hicks scripting challenge that is running until the end of February. Uh, the prompt for that, and you can find it on GitHub, link in the show notes, is write a PowerShell function that will query the issues section of a GitHub repository and create output showing the number of open issues by label and the percentage of all open issues. Remember that multiple labels may be used with an issue. Um, there's a thing on GitHub for this. You can check it out. Enter, get engaged. Good opportunity to practice some PowerShell. If you run into issues, again, feel free to reach out. Um, this is just a great opportunity to learn, contribute, get engaged in the community, which I have a feeling is going to be 
a common topic of our awesome podcast we have slated for today. Another cool thing just came out, our 2024 State of Sysadmin report. I know I plugged it on the podcast and asked for people to give their feedback about their jobs a few months ago. Well, the report is here. So we heard from over 1,600 IT people about cool topics like salary trends, AI, remote work, and the ever-important cybersecurity. A quick peek into the findings. Sysadmin salaries are zooming beyond the national average. Cybersecurity concerns are real. Remote work isn't going anywhere, and all eyes are on AI now. My favorite part of the podcast is now here. Well, I shouldn't say that. Talking to the guests is always my favorite. My favorite part of the pre-show is here, and that is the community tip where I post on Twitter asking for a community tip. You give your tips. I call it out on the show. We help the community. Your voice is heard. You get a nice little shout out. And this one comes from a former guest of ours, Sam Erty. And Sam, shout out to you. Really appreciate all the support on socials. You've always been a, an avid supporter. And it's always nice to see nice things when you're doing public stuff. So really appreciate your support there. He had a very action-packed tip. So I'm going to start with the first two. So the community tip of the week is learn to use GitHub. Tons of projects are hosted on GitHub, PowerShell or otherwise, and being comfortable with approaching projects on GitHub, navigating projects on GitHub, more advanced skill contributing to projects on GitHub is not just helpful in the PowerShell world. There are lots of other open source projects that are on GitHub, and being able to navigate that is going to be a big asset to you and your company if you implement some tool being able to use GitHub, you'll be able to navigate the issues, maybe get some help, get your problems addressed, or make the module better or the project better yourself. Second part of this tip is put your PowerShell on GitHub. That is a great first step. If you're listening to the PowerShell podcast or you're into PowerShell, start by putting some of your PowerShell scripts on there. Start keeping track of your things. If you're doing scripts at work, you really want to be using source control as soon as possible. And there's a lot of opportunities to learn Git. Uh, you could even do a GitHub Pages website. I just redid my website this week in andrewplaw.tech, and it uses GitHub for all the files. I just write my posts in Markdown, and it compiles them and creates a lovely website. There's a way to do it for free. GitHub Pages is awesome. Shout out to GitHub, putting your PowerShell on GitHub and learning the skills of Git. Uh, I'll briefly run through the rest of Sam's message because it was really awesome. He says, treat everything as an object. Learn to use the pipeline. Make your code reusable. Make your code easy to follow. Join the PowerShell Discord slash Slack, aka.ms slash PS Discord. That's a great resource for the PowerShell community at large. Engage with the community. And the last tip, and thank you, Sam, for the shout out, listen to the PowerShell podcast, with which if you're hearing this, you probably already are a listener and you're doing the right things. Your head's in the right space. Maybe a couple more actions need to be taken, but you're in the right area. There's a very exciting event coming up. And at the time that this podcast goes live, two days from now, we will actually be having the guest on of the podcast, Sean Wheeler, will be giving a talk to my user group, Gainesville PowerShell user group, GNVPSUG. You know what it is. About taming Git and GitHub with PowerShell. So sort of addressing the community tip that we talked about. Well, you can see Sean hands-on, ask questions, go through the process, introduce you to the tools, and hopefully by the end of it, arm you with what you need to start tackling these technologies, Git and GitHub. So that'll be very exciting. And you know what, Sean, 
your ears are burning. We're talking about you. Make sure to unmute yourself. But welcome to the PowerShell podcast again, of course. Thanks for having me, Andrew. And I, I enjoy this. Yes, so do I. And I know you enjoy community stuff because I always see you at user groups. I appreciate you coming to our last one. But just a brief introduction to people who don't know you. You're an IT veteran with over 23 years at Microsoft. <laughs> Actually, 25 years at Microsoft. Um, you got an old pile. Yeah, I uh, um, left for four years and came back, or the, or it would be closer to 30 years. But anyway, uh, yeah, I've been at Microsoft a long time. Uh, for the past seven-ish years, uh, I've been in the uh, documentation organization, and I own the PowerShell documentation. Um, so exciting. You're the, are you the lead technical writer still? Because that's what I have. Yes, yes. Nice. nice. That is exciting. And you're an avid PowerShell community member. I see you all the time. It's awesome to see you around. Uh, the PowerShell community is very fortunate to have you both at Microsoft and just in general as part of the community. Thanks. We have a pretty uh, stacked agenda today. I came to you and I was like, Sean, there's a lot of beginners <laughs> out there and I really want to I choose you. I want to take them on a journey and introduce them to some things. And I think that you'd be a great one to do that with me. Yeah. So, and this is a, a question I get a lot. Um, and I see a lot in various forums and such. And it's how to get started uh, learning PowerShell. And I think people really overlook the documentation we have. Um, they take it for granted. <clears throat> and they don't really understand how to use it to their advantage. So um, that's the first thing I'm going to um, start talking about. Our, our documentation for uh, PowerShell is all on the Learn platform, like the rest of Microsoft's documentation. So it's learn.microsoft.com slash PowerShell. And that takes you to um, our hub page with uh, the links for jumping off into uh, uh, the documentation. Towards the bottom of the page, there's a whole uh, set of links to community resources like user groups and the Slack and Discord servers and um, uh, various other communities, PowerShell-centered uh, communities. So that's a good place uh, to go find those. Um, but I'm going to share my screen uh, for those of you following along on the, uh, the video you can kind of see and I, I want to talk about um, <clears throat> our documentation and how to use it so if you go into uh, from the hub page here click on the overview that gets you into this what is PowerShell page um, uh, and just above that there's a link to how to use this documentation this article here takes you through all of the different uh, areas on the page here and what they're for, and it describes them. But uh, I want to point out uh, the first thing on uh, the left above the table of contents, you'll see it says PowerShell 7.4 LTS. This is our version picker. And this is a common uh, problem that I see people have is, um, they're not looking at the right version of PowerShell. We currently have five versions of PowerShell that we support. 
from Windows PowerShell 5.1 up to uh, the recently released PowerShell 7.5 Preview 1. And we have documentation out there for all of these. Uh, the most common thing I see happen is uh, we'll get a report, there's an error in our documentation that this parameter doesn't work or, or whatever, or this example doesn't work. And it's because they're using Windows PowerShell, but they're looking at documentation for PowerShell 7.4. You know, I'm guilty of that. So yeah, there's that version, PowerShell version selector in the top left. And for a while, I was just thinking, oh man, 7.4 probably has the latest updates of like documentation. But it sounds like 5.1 is maintained, right? Like in my mind, I was like, oh, there might be issues with the old one. Let me just read the newest. Yeah, um, so 5.1 documentation is maintained, but it is specific to 5.1. And there, there are major differences. Um, and there's an example here uh, of this animated screenshot shows you, if you take a look at invoke rest method uh, in 5.1, you'll see that the, it has a handful of parameters. Uh, and then you switch the version to uh, version 7.4, you'll see not only does it have many more parameters, it has four parameter sets. And I'll talk about those parameter sets in more detail, but um, it, the, the command, it's the same command, invoke rest method, but it's very different between the versions. So you can't look at the documentation for 7.4 and have that example work in 5.1. Yeah, that makes total sense. Invoke rest method is a great command to show it on because there are some amazing improvements made to that command uh, yeah. in later versions of PowerShell. Now, I will say here is when you're looking at the table of contents, you'll notice that the, the last uh, node in the table of contents is reference, and there's a... Uh, a faint line above that. So everything above the line, above reference, is what we call conceptual content. And that is um, that information is uh, not version specific. Uh, if there's version specific information, it's called out in the articles. So when you change the version selector there, it doesn't change the content above the line. What it does do is it changes the content in the reference node. Um, so you, you'll see I'm, I'm currently selected on 7.4, and you can see the list of um, modules there. And if I switch to 5.1 and expand the reference node and see the list of modules, there's several modules listed here that don't exist in PowerShell 7, like the ISE module and the workflow modules and the uh, PS schedule job. That's showing you that difference between versions. Cool. Oh, that's super helpful. Um, and then uh, at the top of the screen, we have uh, two levels of navigation. Um, the top navigation bar is the site level for all of Learn. And then the second level navigation is specific to PowerShell content. Um, and I call that out because the search box there in the top right corner is in that top nav bar, and that searches all of uh, the Learn documentation site. But above the table of contents, you'll see there's a box here that says filter by title. If you start typing in here and say we want to type in invoke dash rest, and then you can see this filters the table of contents 
uh, on the commandlet, uh, and it, it makes it easy to navigate to a single commandlet. Um, okay. But you can also use it to search. So say I wanted to search for, well, let's just go back to the top. Um, and I want to search for module. And if I hit, uh, if I scroll to the bottom of the list here, you'll see there's an option here to search for module in all of PowerShell documentation. Well, that search in the box above the table of contents is scoped to just the PowerShell com uh documentation not the entire site okay so it sounds like anytime you're on the powershell uh, learn site trying to find some documentation or whatever you're going to want to use the search it's underneath version on the left hand side not the site-wide search right and honestly that's a pretty powerful tool you can search all of powershell documentation for a reference to a certain thing could you use that to find a specific parameter and find all the commands that refer to it sure sure any word in any article you could type in and uh, it would find that. Now, something else I want to point out in the level two navigation here, we have links to some other documentation areas. So we separated out uh, documentation for desired state configuration. We've separated out uh, PowerShell get, PS resource get, and uh, gallery into its own. We have a, a section here for utility modules like Crescendo and secrets management. But this one here that module browser is, I think, highly overlooked by folks. If you click on the module browser, it'll take you to a page where you can um, choose your package. So if you wanted to find um, you know, all of the PowerShell commands for Microsoft Graph PowerShell, you could select that. Or if you didn't even know, you, you, were, you wanted to find a commandlet that works with uh, does something with computers, computer objects. You type in computer here, and now here's a list of commandlets that have computer in the name. And I didn't have to know what um, module they're in, and I can click on one. Let's click on this reset computer machine password. That's in the Microsoft.PowerShell.Management. But that will also say I wanted to... Uh, find things that work with virtual machines. Um, I'll type in VM here. Uh, that might be too general. Let's do AZVM for Azure. So here's all the AZVM commands and we can load more results or whatever. Um, this is just, this is another great way uh, to search for PowerShell commands and modules. Um, that don't ship with PowerShell itself that that are available for install from uh, for other products. Very cool. Now, one thing I want to highlight is I think it's under the um, learning PowerShell segment of Microsoft Learn and shout out Mike Robbins for this, but the PowerShell 101 is, a, I was actually doing my user group and in person, I heard some people talking about how great PowerShell 101 is. It's right there, it's accessible for you. You can browse it while you're browsing your other stuff on Microsoft Learn. Yeah, this is a was a great ad when uh, shortly after Mike uh, joined us on the Docs team, uh, I asked him about this. Um, we had other community contributed content from uh, Kevin Marquette, um, 
and I asked him about his PowerShell 101 book, and he still sells it through LeanPub, and there's a link here to uh, uh, go purchase it from from LeanPub. Um, but one of your options is free. Uh, just know that the it, any uh, money that you spend on it um, funds the on-ramp scholarship for the PowerShell Summit. Shout so, out to that. I got to give yeah. a shout out to the scholarship. <laughs> shout it out. Big thanks yeah. to that. So, but yes, this uh, PowerShell 101 book, it's uh, currently focuses on running Windows PowerShell 5.1 on Windows 10. Um, he's working, I'm actually working with him on an update to it. Uh, we're going to get it updated to um, PowerShell 7. Uh, on Windows 11. Uh, and so that'll be coming. And if you do purchase uh, a copy of the book on LeanPub, um, you will get the updates for free as well. Um, so, uh, but this is a, a great place to start. The, the concepts that you will learn, even though this is PowerShell 5.1, the concepts that you will learn apply to all versions of PowerShell. Nice. I love that. I think this is a great thing to highlight. So definitely check out learn.microsoft.com slash PowerShell. That's your start page for all things Microsoft documentation. Take advantage. There's been a lot of work over the years in history of PowerShell poured into this documentation um, from so many different angles. You definitely want to be making sure that you're taking advantage of it. We always talk about how great the help documentation is and stuff like that, and it is. Um, I personally always use Dash Online. I just like the experience of reading help in a browser. Um, and I like the way you highlighted how the top content on the left-hand side, that is like conceptual stuff. And then below that, you can dive into each commands. But I think for so many people, the conceptual documentation is sort of what they need uh, a lot of times. Like they're missing sort of a core component that is covered in that. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's been lots of... Um, I will say uh, this gets covered a lot in the beginning. It, it, there, uh, there's an article out here under the overview called Discover PowerShell. And this takes you through your first steps. You've opened the shell. You're at a command line. Now what do you do? Um, well, this article here talks about uh, some commandlets that help you learn PowerShell, like get verb, get command, get member, and get help. Um, and, and takes you through several examples with this. There is a help system built into PowerShell. Um, now, by default, um, the, the help content doesn't ship with PowerShell. You have to install it. So the first thing you want to do is run update-help. Definitely. And that, that will install um, all, of, um, all of the download and install all of the help. And then... When you're at the command line and you want to see how to use a command, you can do get-help, get command, and that gives you a description of the command and um, these, these hard-to-read syntax blocks <laughs> that show you all the parameters. Uh, and then you can even add uh, dash full to the end of that. Uh, command get help uh, dash full and you'll get 
examples with full descriptions. So um, there's, uh, let's go back to the top here and look at the syntax blocks. You'll notice um, I did this, let me pull up get command on the, on the web page as well. At the top of the page here under syntax, you'll see that there's two boxes here listing parameters. And this is a common question we get from uh, people just starting out. What are these? It looks like duplication. But if you look really closely, there's some minor differences here. And these are what are called parameter sets. And so um, if you're familiar with uh, programming terminology uh, of overloaded function definitions, these are like overloads. What it, what a parameter set is, is um, you can run the command with one set of parameters and it does one thing, and then the other set, set of parameters does something different. Uh, and the there's at least one parameter that's uh, different, mutually exclusive between the sets. Yeah, okay, so that makes sense. Parameter sets are basically groupings of parameters that need to be used together. And so, you know, if you see, whenever you run get helpful, you see at the top, I know that this is probably experience of some people whenever they're beginners, they just see a bunch of parameters, sort of don't read them all because, you know, it is hard to see the differences, but that is what they are. They are just showing the groupings of parameters that work together. Yep. Um, and on this page, you'll see, I think, this use fuzzy matching and the fuzzy minimum distance, that's, this is the fuzzy matching parameter set and the one above it doesn't have those parameters. Okay. So, and that's a, a newer feature in PowerShell 7, the fuzzy matching. Yeah, that's cool. Now, I, I want to keep covering this. Yeah. But I, I got a question. So yeah. we're asking how to learn PowerShell. But I have a question for you. Why should you learn PowerShell? Oh, well, gosh. Um, you know, I, I think Jeffrey Snover said it best, and I, I can't give you the exact quote, but if you invest the time in learning PowerShell, um, we, we promise, uh, what was it, that, that uh, it'll pay off in your career. You know, we, uh, he made a promise that it'll be the most productive, most useful uh, scripting environment that you can use for automating uh, uh, your, your life. <laughs> uh, so uh, go ahead and spend the time uh, to learn it. But, uh, it, it, and I mean, the great thing about it is it's, it is now cross-platform. It used to be it was just Windows. And when it was just Windows, um, that was great for Windows users, but what about everybody else? What about the cloud? Well, now PowerShell runs on macOS and Linux. It runs in the cloud. Uh, it is the language of deployment for the cloud, not just Azure for Microsoft, but um, you know, VMware has a huge... Uh, PowerShell module ecosystem to manage all of their um, VMware environments and um, uh, AWS uh, has uh, PowerShell, a large collection of PowerShell modules to manage AWS services. 
it is the language of automation for uh, cloud deployments. So if you, especially if you are just getting started in your career, you want to learn this because this is what will advance your career. Yeah, why should you learn PowerShell? It's readable, it's cross-platform, it's object-oriented. It's a great, fantastic, fantastic first language to help you learn some new programming concepts that you can take to other languages. Um, just want to hit up again, it's readable. That's such a, a game changer. Um, it's a great way to start tackling your problems from an automation perspective and free yourself up, free up your work life to solve other problems and sort of uh, equip yourself with tools that will stick with you for your career, that will enable you to take yourself to new heights, both financially, but in terms of working on better things. When you have automated away the minutia, it opens up opportunity to explore deeper projects and maybe increase the security posture of your organization or do things more efficiently. Um, you just can't go wrong learning PowerShell. And not to mention the PowerShell community is so fantastic. Um, I've loved developing these skills in this community. Like it's just such good feedback, such good vibes, such a great opportunity to learn. So you definitely want to be learning PowerShell. It, it will be paying off for the rest of your career. And the sooner you get those skills under your belt, the sooner you can start building fantastic tools that will last. Yeah, and that that object-oriented nature of it is, I think, the the single most important feature. Um, it It's the thing that made the difference. Lots of um, command shells throughout history have had the concept of a pipeline where you can string commands together and you can send the output of one command to the input of the next command on the pipeline. Um, but it was all text-based. You had to parse the results um, that you received from the previous command to, to get data out and uh, make decisions about that data uh, before calling the next command in the pipeline. And um, with PowerShell, all that output is uh, are objects, and that's so much more powerful. You don't get just the text; you get an object that has methods and properties, and you can inspect those properties to to see the values, and you can call those methods to do uh, further uh, operations on your data. Um, so, it's it's just so much more powerful. It really is. So if you're listening to us right now, you're in the right spot. You're, you're learning some good stuff. Um, you're amongst friends here. Um, now, to circle back, you were just covering get help, which is one of the three core commands that everyone needs to know. Those three commands are get help, get command, and get member. I almost said get module, yes. but get member. <laughs> yeah, get member. Um, so when you're looking at the help, uh, towards the bottom of the page on the help, you'll see that there's uh, a section for outputs. And this tells you the, the type, the object type of the output returned by that command, by that uh, PowerShell commandlet. Um, and in some cases, uh, these are clickable links. It'll, it'll take you to the documentation for that class in the, uh, in the .NET API documentation. Um, but the easiest way to find out the information is just to pipe the output of one command uh, of the command you want to run to get member. 
So for example, if I run get child item, uh, or what I usually type is dir, because that I grew up uh, using DOS. Dir is just a, an alias for get child item. I pipe that to um, get member, and it shows me I have two different types of objects here that come out. I've got a system.io.directoryinfo, and you can see all the properties and methods for that type. And then I have a system.io.fileinfo, and see all the properties and methods of that type. And you'll see that there's a lot of properties here that if I just type dir, I don't see that in the, the default output of the command. Um, I, I see a file name, I see its length, I see the last write time, and I see a mode. But um, there's uh, several other timestamps available. There's, um, you know, you can get at the extension or the full name separately. Um, yeah, because huge objects that with a lot of properties by default are not going to display all those properties. So right. from that perspective, knowing git member is really helpful. And I think another big perspective is when you start connecting commands together and you're using the pipeline, it really helps to know what kind of objects you're working with. Right. And uh, the point that uh, a lot of people don't understand is they, they run a command on the command line like that, uh, like get child item. And they see output, and they think that's all there is. Yeah. And and there's really so much more. PowerShell has a, a, a default formatting system that gives you the most important information uh, output to the console. But if you pipe those that output to another command, you're getting the whole object, not just that output you saw. And there's there's other ways to see um those other values you can pipe to select object and tell it uh, exactly which values you want to see um which properties you want to see uh and and there's other formatting options uh, to get at that information but uh yeah that that's one of the big mistakes is people people assume that that's all the the information there is when there's so much more yeah, and I think that PowerShell is a nice experience at the terminal. And an important thing to keep in mind is that there are some decisions that are made um, to make PowerShell helpful and just being mindful of that that is a thing. And sometimes, you know, the output that's by default displayed isn't the whole story. PowerShell is being helpful and, and just not flooding your screen with the million things that aren't readable because it wouldn't fit. But yeah, those are some great commands there. Let's just to reiterate everybody, get help. Get command, which will show you commands that you can run. I think also browsing the help documentation is another good way. You can do some searches and things like that, and you'll sort of have the documentation in, in front of you. But get command is, I use it all the time. Yeah, and one other thing about get help is um, you can type get help. Say I want to get help uh, for, uh, let's do invoke rest method and i'm using the tab key here to get tab expansion that's another uh important shortcut when you're at the command line uh hit tab it'll save you from having to type these really long names um but uh say i want to see the help for invoke rest method and it's that that is a long 
list of help. Uh, I'd rather see that in my browser. Well, I can add the parameter dash online, and that opens my browser to the page for invoke rest method. Love that. Yeah, that's a, a great tip and call out there. Um, the more you can use get help, get command, get member from the PowerShell console, I think the better a lot of times because you don't have to split attention. But if you're sort of dedicated like, okay, I'm learning, it's more of a learning experience. I'm not trying to just solve one problem with one command. I think browsing the help is such an asset. You can have multiple tabs. You can have things to follow up to later. You can use control F to search around the page. Exactly. But great call outs right there. Um, to reiterate what you said though, use tab completion. When you're typing out a command, use tab. Don't type out the full parameter name. Um, save yourself some steps. And also what I tell people that I know maybe don't have it is install module PS readline. Get yourself the latest version. There's some great improvements compared to what's out of the box, I believe, um, especially the predictive yep. text from your history file. That is such a huge improvement. Do you have that enabled? Yeah, well, and... Um... One of the things that I'll point out for the help system is if you did, uh, say you're wanting to run get child item and you've spelled this all out and um, you want to pass a parameter, but you're not sure how to use the include parameter. Well, with my cursor here at the end of dash include, if I hit, uh, and I'm using the latest uh, PS read line, I hit F1. And now it's taking me to the help um, for that command uh, right to the include parameter. And I can scroll up and down and read the help. And I hit Q to quit. And I'm back at my command line. And it didn't interrupt what I was typing. Yeah, you're still typing the dash include. Uh, it's right. all filled in. And you can just, OK, you figured out what type of parameter it's looking for. You can proceed to the next parameter. And if you need help, you press F1. At any point in time, if you're typing a command, you get stuck. You can just press F1 and see it in your terminal. And I love that workflow. I love making things easier with no effort on our end. I mean, obviously, somebody had to do it on the engineering side. But we just install module PS readline and get all these improvements to make our console experience better. And I am a huge fan. Yeah, and this the, the correct version of Power, uh, PS readline is installed automatically with the latest versions of PowerShell. Um, okay. So uh, you're good so to go So this is more there. for like Windows PowerShell people. If you're still on Windows PowerShell, make sure you get the newest PS Readline. Right. You want to upgrade. Uh, and then uh, PS Readline does updates um, more rapidly than PowerShell itself. So there could be a new version in the future that uh, you would want to upgrade to before the next version of PowerShell ships. So just uh, keep your eye on that. And um, that would be published to the PowerShell gallery, which is, let's talk about that. So in the uh, second level nav bar of, of the docs there, there's a drop-down menu for at the end for resources where there's a link to the PowerShell gallery. PowerShell Gallery is uh, a web service that hosts uh, PowerShell modules for publishers. So I can go here to the PowerShell Gallery, and in the search box, I'm going to type in PS Readline. And you'll see a whole list of uh, matches there. I click on PS Readline, and the current version is 2.0.1.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0
2.3.4. But if a new version comes out, you can go here to see um, what that is, and it gives you the commands uh, to install it from the gallery. So uh, you can use install module, or uh, here's the command uh, on another tab for installing this using the new PS resource get module. So it's install PS resource. Uh, and so on. You can install it and deploy to Azure Automation and so on. Okay, so just I'm looking here at what you're showing, the PS Readline screen of PowerShell Gallery. And one thing that I really like when projects have <clears throat> on the left-hand side underneath information or info is a project site link. And I know that a lot of PowerShell modules have that project site link because that's usually just like a GitHub where the project is hosted, but I'm noticing PS Readline doesn't have one. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I will mention that to the team. Um, PS Readline is open source like the rest of it. Um, the the uh, repo for that is github.com slash PowerShell slash PS Readline. And there's the source code. And that's where you would go to... Uh, file issues if you found a bug or uh, had a uh, feature request. Nice. Uh, so it's there. I, I am a little surprised that uh, there isn't. I will mention that to the developers. At least we got one for sure good thing happened from this episode today. I'm sure more <laughs> will happen once it goes out, but one little win, we'll take it. Awesome. So, I mean, that's the basics. I, I, there's been a lot of... Uh, resources that teach you how to get started that powershell 101 book uh that's free there under learning powershell is a great place to start um my goal wasn't to get into the technical details of um here's how you learn but to help you understand where the resources are and how you use the resources because uh like i said i think a lot of this gets overlooked. Um, people people tend to use uh, search engines more than they they use the docs, um, and they re should really start here first. But the other the other place um, is the forums, and uh, I can't speak highly enough of the uh, you know the virtual user group, the PowerShell virtual user group that's hosted on Discord and Slack. Um, it's a great community. Um, if you go back to our PowerShell hub page the, at the bottom there, there's a link to the PowerShell Discord or the PowerShell Slack. The, um, the channels of communication are uh, mirrored between Slack and Discord. So if you already are a Slack user, you can just add uh, the PowerShell Slack and you'll have all of the conversation that you have through PowerShell Discord. If you're a Discord user, same. I actually have both installed because I need them for different purposes. Um, the, the benefit of using Discord uh, is that Discord maintains the full history where Slack, yeah. you only have 90 days worth of history to search back through. So if you're trying to search for like an old issue, using Discord is going to be a lot more helpful because it'll search through everything yeah. ever, whereas like Slack sort of rotates things pretty quick. So if you're not familiar with Slack or Discord, it's similar to Teams. It's, you know, you have uh, 
uh, channels. Well, they, they call them Slack and Discord calls them servers. And so you have a server for PowerShell. And within the PowerShell server, there's a whole bunch of channels um, that are broken up by um, subject. And um, they are very, very active, real time. And you have um, some of the high level developers um, from the community in there all the time answering questions. So it's a great place to go and ask questions, get help, um, and uh, get answers when you're stuck. And even just reading the conversations, a lot of times you see some pretty technical, cool stuff. And a yeah. lot of our podcast guests are pretty regular in there as well. So it's definitely a place you want to be plugged into. Awesome. I love saying this. AKA.ms slash PS Discord is the short URL. Yes. Awesome. So definitely want to get involved in the community in some aspect and start that process now. Don't wait. I know so many people hear this and like it resonates with them a little bit, but they don't take that first step of even creating the account or joining the server. Just take the first step. That's all right. When you have a question, it's there for you. So I have up on my screen for those watching at home, um, the Slack interface, and I will just go to browse all channels and you can see the, the huge number of channels that are available here. Yep. Um, All kinds of stuff. And like I said, anything that uh, gets posted in Slack will be gets copied over to Discord and vice versa. So you don't have to worry about um, which one you're using. You'll see it. Yeah, and I think the bridge channel is even connected with IRC, if that's your preferred way. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of keeps everybody on the same page there. But yeah, that's that's awesome stuff there. Um, is there anything else we wanted to add to this before we move to the different steps of a PowerShell journey? Well, one last resource that I can't recommend highly enough is also out on YouTube. PowerShell.org has a whole uh, every PowerShell Summit conference uh, where the sessions are recorded. They've published to YouTube, and then. Various PowerShell user groups. I know Doug Fink does it uh, for his New York uh, PowerShell meetup and the Research Triangle PowerShell users group. They record their meetings and post those sessions online as well. And hopefully we'll see some more from Gainesville here in the future. Oh, you know it. You know it. Including <laughs> two days from the time this goes live, we'll be having you. Um, that's awesome. And I'll also shout out PowerShell.org. I think it's slash calendar. That has a list, I think it's plugged into a few different meetups of upcoming PowerShell events if you want to attend live. I think ours is in there. I know RTP SUG is in there. I think New York might be as well, maybe some others. But uh, that's a great way to get hands-on in the community, meet some people, actually say things. You know, sh Shout out to everybody who actually unmutes and says some things or types in chat during these user groups. Really does go a long way. I think that's where a lot of the value is is in the conversations before, after, during, where someone gets a little bit more information about something they had a question with or a challenge with. So a lot of cool stuff there. Definitely get engaged in this awesome community that I just applauded all the time. So there's a reason. Now, when we're thinking of the PowerShell journey, and I, I love saying PowerShell journey because I feel like that's what it really is <laughs> for so many of us. And you by the time you're far along the journey, your your perspective has changed so much, and it's such an awesome thing. And I'd love to have more people share that experience. So, 
let's cover some of the steps of a PowerShell journey that we see often, sort of the, the things you learn along the way, some of the challenges and some of the things that you end up doing. Yeah, so I mean, everybody starts out at the command line just with what we call one-liners. Um, you know, you type in a command, you get your result, you see it. You type, uh, you string some commands together uh, on the pipeline, um, and you you to to be a little more complex, and and you get the result uh, out the end. Um, but it's sort of a one and done. It's not reusable. Um, it's not easily shareable. Uh, and so the next step in that journey is take those one-liners and put them in a script file. Um, and a script file is just, it's like a, the old DOS batch days. It's, you know, one command after another in a text file, and you you execute the script, and it runs those commands how, uh, how you wrote them in the script file. And that could include multiple, multiple commands connected together in a pipeline. Um, but, uh, you know, you have, that's when you start using variables. So you store those results in a variable and you use that variable, uh, in the next command in, in the script, um, to, to get at data that was returned by the previous command. Yeah. And I think a lot of scripts sort of end up just being, like you said, just commands saved in a text file with a .ps1 extension, one after the other. And that doesn't have to be some super fancy, convoluted thousand line this or that. In fact, that's not what we're shooting for. Um, but making the step from running those commands to actually thinking like, okay, I'm going to end this with a resource that I can save and reuse. And I think eventually with scripts, one thing you can do is add some parameters, which I think is a step above. Yeah, so once that's exactly right. Once you have uh, a script file, you can you can define a parameter block, and then you can make input to the script uh, more dynamic. It's not it, you're not hard coding values in variables inside the script. You're passing in values as parameters, uh, and that allows you to begin to make a script that's more of a, a tool than just a, a one-off collection of commands. Um, also, when you've collected that in as a script file, that's easier to share. You can send that file to other users that may need to use it. Um, you can publish it as a gist on GitHub. That's a great way to share uh, one-off scripts. Um, so that's uh, that's sort of the next level after one-liners, you go to scripts. Um, the next level after scripts is uh, functions. So anything that you can write in a script can be wrapped inside of a single function, and um, that function can take parameters as well. And you can collect multiple functions uh, in a script, and uh, you can have that script call the functions so you can begin to to break your code logic up into smaller chunks reusable functions yeah and that's really nice because then say you have a function that does something simple like uh it rearranges a string we'll say well now like you said 
if you need to update that function, you just go straight to the function. But otherwise, you can kind of collapse it. You can know that that's a function that's defined in your script, and you can recall it later. And it makes the script a lot less clunky because you're not having to retype the same code multiple times. A lot easier to follow. We talked about how PowerShell is readable. We want to make our scripts readable too. We don't want it to be too confusing if we can avoid it. You know, do what you got to do to get the problem done with the resources you have available. But um, ideally, we're we're making use of functions um, when we're programming. Right. <clears throat> so now you have a script file that contains uh, several, I'll call them helper functions, and a uh, uh, its main logic block. Um, it's still a script. It's sort of a, a one-shot deal, um, but you've modularized it a little bit by breaking things out into functions. Uh, the next step would be to turn that script into a function itself and begin to build uh, more functions that uh, may be related around a set of problems and collect those together into a module. And so a module is a collection of functions um, that's easy to distribute. Um, and you can publish that to the gallery. You can publish that uh, uh, on GitHub, where people could download it that way. Uh, the gallery would be an easier way to do it, uh, for, for, to share it with more people. Um, because anyone uh, just can run uh, install module to, and in, install the, the code that you've shared. Uh, but a module uh, is a collection of um, related commands, um, and you can begin to build these sort of tool packs that, um, that you can reuse and reshare with uh, other folks in your organization. Yeah, I think that's a really good call out. I think that there is some confusion amongst beginners between the difference between a script and a function and a module, because a lot of times they're used very similarly. Um, I wouldn't, at this point in your journey, if you're not there yet, don't sweat the details too much. Just go through the process of learning what a script is. I think there's probably some good resources for that. Then go through learning about functions and then modules, and you'll sort of see how they can be used to complement each other. Yeah, if you... Uh... Uh, another good learning resource, and you've probably all heard this before, is the Month of Lunches book series. Oh, yeah. Learn PowerShell in a Month of Lunches takes you through that process of um, you know, one-liners to scripts to functions. Uh, and then the follow-on book is uh, tool making, PowerShell tool making in a Month of Lunches. So that really takes you to that next level of you've created functions. Now let's collect those together uh, and uh, think about how to make tools instead of just scripts. Uh, make modular functions that can be um, used together in a script uh, and package those functions in modules. So that's what that book does for you. Yeah, and I think getting to the point where you're using modules, right, because if you're using PowerShell, you're getting some value from it. I think a lot of times that happens at the scripts stage where you solve some sort of problem with a script and all of a sudden, hey, maybe in your org, hey, PowerShell's kind of cool. Can we do more with it? And eventually you'll sort of hit a critical mass where it's like, yeah, PowerShell is how we write certain tools. Um, and in doing that, we want to make sure that we're 
creating tools in maintainable ways that are distributable and so on and so forth, which is where modules really shines. If you're really going to be making use of PowerShell in your environment or in your life, you really want to be using modules. It's the best way to distribute tools um, and collections of tools. But I think somewhere along the line, one thing we didn't cover, which I think they'll need uh, for some of this, which is going to be source control, you know, learning Git and GitHub. Yeah. And uh, so let me share my screen again. And uh, I just want to plug a couple of things. Um, so <clears throat> the uh, again here on the PowerShell documentation, page under the resources menu here, there's links to um, uh, the PowerShell team blog. Uh, that's where the PowerShell team uh, posts announcements about new releases and um, things that they're working on. And then the PowerShell community blog. PowerShell community blog um, is, is a blog about PowerShell written by members of the community. So if you're looking for a way to share what you've learned with the community um, and you don't want to set up your own blog just yet, you want to try this out, you can come to the PowerShell community blog and, um, and post here. And what we have is, uh, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's uh, a link here about how to contribute to this blog. And that takes you to our GitHub site. And there's a, a full contributor guide out here. Um, uh, the the README talks about uh, the purpose of the blog and um, how to make a uh, PR, sort of. How to make a PR. The, the contributor guide here takes you step by step through the process. So this is um, a, a great place to learn how to use Git and GitHub, how to write in Markdown, um, and share the things that you've learned about PowerShell with the community. Um, and along the way, you, you learn new skills of uh, writing and communicating. You learn how to use Git and GitHub. And um, you don't have to worry about your grammar and um, you know the, the the syntax in the uh, in the blog post and and so on. Uh, we will help you with that. Uh, Mikey Lombardi and I uh, review all PRs that come in, um, and uh, we'll help you with your writing and edit your posts and make sure that it uh, follows art guidelines. Help you learn how to contribute, and everything you learn about uh, creating a blog post here would apply to contributing to our public PowerShell docs if you wanted to do that as well. And what a great way to head off you know, your contribution journey by contributing to the PowerShell community blog. Yeah. And if you have any aspirations of um, becoming an MVP, a Microsoft Valued Professional... Um, I'm listening. <laughs> contributing to the blog and contributing to the docs... Um, helps you in that quest. I got you. Say less. 
that's, <laughs> that's awesome. But seriously, if you're listening to this, highly recommend getting started. Share your success story with us. Go through the process. You will learn some awesome, helpful new skills that will help your career outside of anything PowerShell related. Being able to navigate and feel somewhat comfortable with GitHub is super important. And uh, at the very least in the future, you can have some confidence approaching GitHub, knowing that you've made a contribution uh, and you're even on the World Wide Web. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and if if you're scared of using Git and GitHub and just don't really understand it, come to the Gainesville PowerShell user group meeting. I'll be I'll be walking you through the whole process from beginning to end, and hopefully demystifying a lot of uh, it, a lot for a lot of people. Git is just magic, and it there's really uh, it can be simple to use. It, but it can also be very complex. But um, uh, I cover the the basics of what you need to know and why and how it works. And if you stick to the script, uh, you'll be safe. But uh, I, it's important to not to learn just the script because when things go wrong, you need to figure out how to fix them. And it's almost always fixable with Git and GitHub. Um, yeah. It's just about knowing, sort of having a lay of the land, being a little bit familiar with the tools and knowing what to look for. Right. Awesome. Well, I think we covered a bunch of stuff. <laughs> it, we did we... cover, and I don't know if we have time for the, the the scopes and the splatting. That's for another day, I think. Yeah, scopes and splatting. I think maybe plug the article, though, for scopes. I think it might yeah, be Yeah, so... Uh, about underscore scopes uh you can do get help on about underscore scopes and you'll see uh re recently did a big update to that article to clarify some terminology uh i think it's uh reads much better now and there's also about underscore splatting um and both of those are also on the website um unfortunately with about topics they don't support the dash online flag with get help um, so you have to navigate to the website uh, yourself if you want to read them online. Invoke item, learn.microsoft.com <laughs> slash PowerShell. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Invoke item sort of replicates like a double click is what I think of it. So it'll be handled and opened in your browser of choice. I did want to also say that our meetup will be recorded and I'll put it on the Gainesville PowerShell user group YouTube channel. So if you do miss the live event, you listen to this podcast a little bit late, that's okay. The fun will be on YouTube and I'll try and get it up pretty quick uh, for everybody who's looking for it. Well, and I'll just plug, um, I have, I've published a lot of my presentations to a website. It's another one of these statically generated websites on GitHub. It's, sdwheeler.github.io slash presentations. Uh, and the uh, GitHub presentation that I'll be doing is already there, and there's a recording from a previous time I've delivered it. Um, uh, there's value in attending the, the Gainesville uh, delivery as well. There, there could be different questions and uh, different things, so um, don't miss out on that. But there's a couple different ways that you can uh, access the information uh, if you can't make it. Yep. 
Awesome. And links to all these things are going to be in the show notes. As always, you know, we got that overinflated show notes lately, which I love because <laughs> a lot of people, they just look at all the show notes and they'll click on the links and kind of discover new things that way. So I try to make those a nice resource for people. Well, I got a few weird questions. I know we're running a little late, but you know, we're having fun. Come yeah. on. What's that time management stuff? And who needs it? I don't. <laughs> so the first one is sort of get things started is if PowerShell were a literary wonder, which literary wonder would it be? Oh gosh. Uh, mm, put on that writer's thinking cap. Let's see what we got. <laughs> no pressure. Um, well, it would be, I think, a collection of Shakespeare sonnets. Mm. <laughs> and why? Why is that? Oh, well, I, 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 there's an elegance to the language. Um, it doesn't necessarily rhyme or have meter, but there is uh, an elegance to its structure. Um, so it, to me, is very poetic. Mm, I like that. And I'll just say, you know, for the people who have experienced, you know, writing some PowerShell modules and sort of being fluent enough with the language to sort of find your flow state and, and solve problems, it is an amazing feeling uh, to sort of be deep chasing a problem, writing some PowerShell, you know, you've been using it for a while, it sort of almost feels fluid or fluent. I don't know. It just, it's such a great feeling. It's one of my favorite um, about working in IT is just plugging away at a PowerShell script. It is totally worth all the time and effort it takes to, to get proficient. And the beautiful thing about PowerShell is you can have wins all along the way. You don't have to get very far into your PowerShell journey to start having win takeaways for work, for your workflow. Even if you're just running one-liners um, that are inspired by things you read on the internet, Maybe you find some and vet them for yourself, but it's a great way to get started. And I think Jeffrey Snover talked about, it's like programming with hand grenades or something where it's like, you know, what you can do with PowerShell is so uh, powerful. It's pretty awesome. Next question. What is the most underrated resource or underutilized on the Learn PowerShell platform? Microsoft Learn, excuse me. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't give you uh, any heads up. I had like hard I, I, questions at the end. I, I'm biased, of course, and I would I would have to say the PowerShell documentation because uh, I do I go out to the various forums. I spend uh, a fair amount of time uh, reading the uh, PowerShell subreddit. Um, I go out to SpiceWorks and uh, look at their PowerShell forum. There's the forums on PowerShell.org. And the questions I see, it's obvious to me that people haven't taken the time to read the documentation uh, and, and try to understand their problem um, and, and break it down uh, or even how to uh, effectively communicate their problem. So, um, and the, the docs on learn aren't necessarily going to help you with that troubleshooting communication uh, piece, but the docs are there. The, the information is available. You just, you have to take the time to sit down and study it and uh, absorb it and um, put it to use. Don't just 
be a script kitty and search for answers and copy and paste code uh, that you don't understand. Really try to learn it. Yeah. And there was a couple blogs. I think Josh Duffney talked about this. Don Jones did. But it's like being a craftsperson, sort of taking attention and pride in your craft um, and making sure you actually learn things uh, properly, not just scripting things together. And, you know, keep in mind that there is a reward for this. There is a down the road when you've been doing this for a while where things sort of are easier and you have a bigger um, foundation to work off of. And I sort of think of like, whenever you're talking about this, I'm like, dang, this sort of sounds like me in a lot of ways in life because <laughs> I'll get a new thing, a new electronic, a new whatever little gizmo gadget. Will I read the instructions or will I just start going? So I think there is a place for like, you can just start going early on and see like, oh, this is kind of cool. But you definitely need to be putting the time and attention. Read the manual a little bit. At least read the outlines of it to see like in the future when you run into an issue, it's sort of mapped in your mind. Oh, yeah, that, that is a variables are a thing I saw. Maybe I should read about those. Um, but sorry, some weird questions I have for you. <laughs> That's the end of the weird questions, though. Shout okay. out to Stephen Judd for <laughs> making me go wonky in the new year. But it's our favorite time. It's the shill of the ride, the power shill, if you will. <laughs> so thank you, awesome listeners. Thank you, Sean. We had a fantastic episode. Give us a like, comment, and a subscription. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice, we're all over the world. You can leave us a five-star review. You can even write something. If, if you've taken away something helpful from this podcast, you've been listening for a while, I'd appreciate it. I read them. I appreciate the good feedback. If you have other feedback, you want to share a story, ask a question, you can hit us up at PowerShell at PDQ.com or on socials. On X, we're at PowerShell Pod. I'm Andrew Platek on there. I'm on LinkedIn a lot as well. You can see new podcast announcements. We're doing more short videos. So if you see some videos from the podcast on socials, appreciate a little bit of love there as we sort of start rolling that out. We're trying to reach more people in the PowerShell universe, find more people who need to learn PowerShell things and sort of meet them where they are and welcome them to this awesome community that we have here. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything else on this little plug at the end here, but I tell you what, Sean, I appreciate you joining today. I know you, we had an internet outage that put us late and you know, we hung, we hung strong and, and we're here now. So I appreciate you so much for joining us. Look forward to your talk on Wednesday. Yep. And seeing you Me around too. the community. Where can people find you on the internet? If we want to tap in see what you're up to. Uh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll plug my site one more time. It's sdwheeler.github.io slash um, Sean on it or Sean on IT. Um, that's my blog site from, uh, I just moved that over from WordPress. Uh, and um, uh, same host, but slash presentations. That's all my presentations. And, and the two sites are linked together. So, um, that's the easiest way to find me. And there's links there to Twitter and GitHub and, uh, various other places. So I see you got the dot github.io URL. Are you going to spring for a full on domain name at some point? Or are you going to rock the, the free one? I'll stick with the free one for now. Um, we'll see. I have dot tech <laughs> and it's freaking 40 bucks a year. So yeah, committed with that one, but awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast. The PowerShell Podcast is a PDQ production, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick.